Hey guys, you are listening to Kick It, Don't Quit It, a motivational spiritual podcast seeking to spread love and grace. We're so thankful you have tuned in. Come kick it with the girls, just don't quit on the world. Hey guys, it's three women back again. Kick it, don't quit it. Here with you. This is Erin. We've got Megan. Hi. <laughs> you know she's not going to be that quiet. And Sister Holly. Hello. And we are back for our fifth episode. Um, so, I, as you guys know from previous, I'm the one who listens to all the podcasts and I've been listening to ours and like feeling really excited and really happy with the the way that it's coming out um i hope you guys are feeling the same so as we start i have a couple of um of things i want to talk about before we get into our actual episode um i around our church i am known as the pastor appreciation person i'm the one who takes care of our pastor appreciation in october and I'm assuming, I mean, uh, it is an assumption, but I'm assuming that most of the people who are listening to this are, are involved in a church somewhere. Um, if you're not, I definitely would make the, the case for getting yourself involved in a church somewhere, um, being a part of a, <laughs> a place, um, getting to know the people and, and becoming um, just a churchgoer, I guess. Um, <laughs> but when I was growing up, my, as you guys know from previous, my, my dad was a, a pastor. And so the, when October would come around and we would do our, our um, pastor, they would do the pastor appreciation. It was one Sunday at the end of October that they took to appreciate my dad. And that's great. My dad was... It always was kind of a, a surprise to him. Like he forgot that it happened every year, and um, we we were, felt appreciated. Um, but as I grew up, I went to a different church, and then they would do something every week, the week of October, um, for the pastor, and that made such of an impression on me because we should really just appreciate our pastor all year round. But if we're going to give them a month, then we should give them a month. So my PSA is that if you have not made plans, because this will come out just before the 1st of October, if you have not made plans to appreciate your pastor all month long, please do so. We do a pounding um, not like we we hit him, but um, each week we have something different, um, some different section of the house that we um, we bring in the things that they enjoy, the things they like. So we do a kitchen pounding where we do cleaning supplies and um, spices and like cans of stuff of food, soups and things like that that they really like. Then we do a um, uh, stock the laundry where we do uh, their laundry detergent, softener, dryer sheets, that kind of thing. And then we do the bathroom where we, um, the, the toilet paper that they like, the shampoo, the razors, the deodorant, that kind of thing. And it is one of my pastor's wife's favorite times of year. Like she absolutely loves October, looks forward to October. 
Um, and she normally tells me, she says, we're just about to run out of stuff. So it's good that <laughs> that it's that we're, we're, it's October again. But she just loves it. And it's a way for our church to just give back to our pastors. And it's stuff that they use all year long. So every time they pull out a new thing of paper towels or a new thing of, of laundry detergent or whatever, um, they're reminded of how much the church loves them and appreciates them. So that is what I just wanted to kind of put out there to begin with to let you guys know it is so important to show our leaders how much we love and appreciate them. So um, after that, uh, today we wanted to, the topic that we had talked about um, was vessels of victory and what it means to be victorious. Um, and so there are times in our lives where we don't feel victorious, where we don't, um, where we're kind of in the valley, but even in the valley, we, we know the victor. We know who holds our future. Um, I wrote, when I knew that we were doing this topic, I wrote this. So I'm just going to read it and we'll go from there. It says, recently my husband and I had a moment that we referred to in our Sunday school class as an intense moment of fellowship. We both said some things out of frustration that hurt and caused some open wounds. We have communicated since and things are better, but if I'm honest, and that is what we want to be on this podcast, in the words of Michael Todd, we are a hot podcast, humble, open, and transparent. To be open and transparent, you have to be humble. But back to my story. In the past, I would have left the relationship the hurt was that bad. In the past, I would have walked away, but I didn't do that this time. And I could say it's because I'm older or because I've learned from my mistakes, but to be honest, I think the reason why it's different now, I know, no, I know the reason why it's different now is because my relationship with God is different. And he didn't call me to walk away from tough situations. He called me to love he called me to be faithful. He called me to walk through it. And to be a vessel of victory, you have to have a relationship with God. And not an on-the-surface relationship where you go to church and maybe read your Bible. You're in a group text, a Bible group text, and you read every day and you put your scriptures in. But it means going dip deeper. Flushing out the things inside of you that don't fall in line with who God has called you to be. It means putting away some of the things that you love, that you did... To love, did lo or did love to give God more time. It means when wounds are open and you're hurting, you turn to God and you ask Him, "Where do I go from here?" And then you listen. And I think so many times we go to God and we say, "Where do I go from here?" But then we don't stop to listen. We just automatically start putting our two cents of where we think we should go. Oh well, maybe I should just pack my bag and leave. And God's like, that's definitely not the answer I would have given you. If you would have just stopped and listened. Um, it's not, he doesn't talk to me in a, an audible voice. But he puts things in my spirit. Like I hear things in my head and I'm like, okay, well that's definitely not what I would have considered doing. So I know it's not coming from me. Um but that to me that's what being a vessel of victory is is 
is just stopping and listening and being prepared to do the hard stuff. Um, life is not easy. If it was, everybody would be, it'd, it'd be raisin, roses and lollipops everywhere. But it's not. The candy apple ones that they sell during October are the best. <laughs> I was thinking of pizza. (laughs) So this reminds me of one of the toughest but most profound lessons that I ever learned um, so far in my walk with Christ. I've learned a lot of them. But I uh, worked at a place for 15 years. And um, I had a manager that I didn't get along with. This person drove me nuts. And I'm sure I drove them nuts. Right. Um, you know, I'm in sales, so, you know, I'm, I'm a high performer. And so I was right. Yeah. That there, that's all there is to it. I was right. And we, I mean, did... <laughs> We were so upset with each other. We did everything but throw hands. <laughs> but, I mean, I just, you know, this person drove me nuts. So, anyway. Um, I remember I called Pastor, which happened to be my boss at the same time. He, he was everyone's boss, so he wasn't my direct manager. He was the manager managers. And um, I, I was telling him about, you know, why this person was getting to me now I could paint the picture for you I'm sure that everybody has had someone that just makes you want to jump out of your skin and wring them wring their neck um maybe it's family maybe it's somebody you work with whoever whatever but um he said something I was I was hot and my voice was elevated my blood pressure was up and um he said, you're right. You know, you're right in this situation. But what does that matter? Mm. Who are you winning by being right? What are you gaining by being right? What are you gaining by by arguing with this That's person? Good. And I realized Nothing. being right wasn't gaining me anything. I wasn't winning that person. I wasn't winning the argument. I wasn't gaining a friend. I wasn't winning someone to the kingdom. I wasn't doing anything with being right. That's good. What was I going to get from it? What kind of victory was I going to get from that? Yeah. Just knowing I was right? Well, I mean, that's that that sustains me for a second. I mean, uh, I knew I was right. And then now I've lost this relationship and created this great divide with this person. So... Um, I mean, ultimately, that business shut down. So who cares whether I was right or not? The division, the scarring, the the wedge, still there today. So with all that, to, you know, fast forward many years to now, I still struggle with being right and wanting to be right. This hasn't changed. This isn't, I mean, I'm still the same person you know my identity is me so I still struggle with fleshly things but now I don't fight so hard to be right anymore it's like okay I know that what I'm saying is true it's backed by facts but how am I winning this argument 
there is no winner when you're just always trying to be right. So anyway, that was my that was my lesson in that. And you know, my husband and I we still argue. Usually, it's because he doesn't think my jokes are funny. He says my jokes are rooted in truth, which is true. He is right on that. (laughs) But, you know, we don't fight nearly like we did when we were younger. And I think partly it's because of that lesson that I learned. Yeah, a lot of times people argue to be right. I mean, but after that, I mean, what do you... That's that's really good, Holly. What do you... What do you get from that do you want a cookie or a pat on the back you know um a lot of times you know fighting to the death and the bone to be right just causes hurt pain and misery there's no unification there's no coming together you know hard conversations or intense moments of fellowship (laughs) um you know those should have there should be a goal um from those conversations you know we're working through something to get better and to get through something, not to not to feel inferior. I'm right, you're wrong. You know, I, I think whenever we have those those conversations and those things that happen, we gotta have a goal, an outcome in mind. Sometimes we don't articulate what we're really feeling. Yeah. Well, you make me mad. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's let's really talk about that so when you say that i make you mad mm-hmm. can you be more clear yeah. what action am i taking what so, what is it what so is what it is that mad? i do that is making you mad no. what specifically well no i mean you're on the right track with what i'm thinking but i mean mad what does that look like it looks like frustrated you feel isolated do you feel um rejected do you feel like you're not heard um it, there's so many different factors into the word mad so let's really explore what that how are you actually feeling beyond mad and then now if I find out okay you're feeling isolated and rejected and now I know you're feeling that way get to the root let's find out what's causing you to feel how what do you do when you feel isolated and rejected isolate you shut down down. okay you shut down and when you feel isolated like somebody is not including you and you feel rejected so Erin you said you shut down yeah especially like so isolated if somebody I feel if I feel like somebody's attacking me you know like is coming at me I do the same I'm like I I just I I I just shut down I just kind of I pull back um and I guess it's my form of of keeping myself from getting hurt because if I pull back and I don't engage, you can't say anything else to me that's going to hurt me worse than you already have. So how do you respond? So when you feel isolated and you feel rejected, you then isolate yourself Mm -hmm. and you don't have anybody. So your response to that is to not do anything, not engage in anything. Correct. How do you respond? When you feel isolated and rejected. I do two things. It depends what side of the bed I wake up on. <laughs> I either overcompensate and I want I want to hear you love me. Tell me you love me still. Ha, 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 joking, J-O-K-E, when it's really truth. Or I back away and I get away from you. Okay. So your response is to disengage mm-hmm. and maybe not have anything to do with that person yeah. or overcompensate. Mm-hmm. Which then makes me feel like you're disengaged, 
or you're insecure or like, oh, Aaron doesn't want anything to do with me. So how do I respond? By doing the same thing. But frustrated. But now I'm frustrated and I'm and I'm feeling rejected. So now I'm responding in this way. Mm-hmm. So it continues to be a fire. loop constantly. So instead of continuing to go through this loop, which is toxic and destructive, let's have a real conversation. What do I know is true? What is the what is the fact? Are you really rejected? Are you really, am I really wanting to isolate you? No. Okay, so now let's talk about how we can get through that. Because what I know is true is that I know I'm not really rejected. I know I'm loved. I know I'm not really isolated. People do want to include me. So now I can talk about how, what the root (coughs) causes that's causing those things and get through that. And I think that they're, the the brass tacks of it is when I have conversations with my family or my adult children sometimes I, I we don't talk about the real feeling we just talk about being mad oh yeah yeah instead of okay how do I react when I'm feeling this way and what's causing me to feel this way what are the real words behind yeah. it so articulating myself has has been helpful I have, I struggle. I struggle in that area because um, there's a lot of times where I just take what I'm feeling and just kind of and, and just push it down. You know, I put I put everything else first, and I put everybody everybody else first. And I think as a mom, that's that that is our our role. Sometimes that's where that's where moms start to feel isolated and and that kind of thing is because we do we have kids and we have husbands and we have jobs and everything comes before us and that's why um, our health is sometimes a little bit worse why we divorce comes into play because we feel like we're not not needed or not worthy or that other people don't think that we're needed why well, do all of this why don't you see me um and we have to and for me when daniel will say well what's going on i'll have to stop and think okay what's at the root of this where where did this start because normally it's not something that started right that moment mm-hmm. it's something that's been festering for a couple hours or a couple days or a couple months you know because I've just I've just put it on the back burner I'll deal with that later I'll deal with that later I'll deal with that later until we're at the point where there's no dealing with it later because it's it's a monster at this point it's it's looming over our relationship and causing every day day in and day out for it to be a struggle just to be able to to communicate, to be able to connect because we have this thing that I've allowed to fester. And we talked about that before. Um, an open wound, if you clean it and you, you bandage it and you do what you're supposed to, yes, it will probably leave a scar. But it's when you leave it open and you don't do anything to it and then stuff gets in there and then it becomes an infection that affects the whole body instead of just a scar that you can look down and go, okay, yeah, I remember that time but I'm past that. And now I have a testimony from that. 
it's become something that could possibly take you out. Um, and so I have to stop. And there are times when I'm like, you're going to have to give me a minute so that I can, I can put my words into order. Because if I respond to you right now, I'm going to respond in anger. And those words are going to come out and I'm going to end up hurting you and hurting myself because I'm not coming at it at the right angle. And I need to figure out what's completely causing this. But I have, this week especially, um, he would say, um, what's going on? And I'm like, nothing. And then I stopped and I said, there is something, but it's not anything that you can do to fix it. There's not, you're not able to go in and, and fix this situation. You're not able to to go in and make it better. I said, it's something I've done to myself. Um, I have to own up and be the bigger person and apologize and do what I need to do. Um, and then back away and know that the situation is probably just because I apologize, that situation is not going to be fixed immediately. There's still effort that has to be put in there's still work I have to do because um, we always want to just apologize and everything be okay it's all hunky-dory everything's back to normal but that's not the way it goes because there are a lot of times where the apology is great but there are wounds and there are there, there there's wounds there that are going to take time to heal and we have to be willing to to put the neosporin on and to bandage it and to clean it every day and to be the lot that we're supposed to be um, when we were a tornado at one point. So did you end up telling him about what was bothering you? I did. I mean, we went into, this this is how I'm feeling. This is, you know, what happened. This is what happened afterwards. This is where I think I'm at. This is what I think my, my next step needs to be. Um, but unfortunately, there's not anything you can do about it. Because I have to. It has to be. It's my journey. And even though we're married, this side of it, yes, you can. I can tell you what I'm going through. And I can tell you what I'm doing. But it's something that I have to fix. And there's not anything you can do about it. My husband told me the other day, and I guess since we're being vulnerable, um, there was there was something he was just kind of battling through, and I just kind of kept giving him the answers on, on what to do and how to overcome and and all that, and he he just kind of blew me away with his response. He said, "I love you," and he said, "Sometimes I just need you to listen to me and not tell me what to do." Um, not that your advice isn't great, but he said there are some things I just have to battle through myself. And I've just got to overcome that thing. And I was like, wow, you know, I'd never, you know, I never, I never thought, you know, sometimes it's, it's up to that person. They've just got to take the steps. I think as spouses, um, we want, we want to fix whatever's hurting the one we love. Ray and I struggle through this. We have very different worlds. Yeah. You and do. I never thought of that. Yeah, Y'all we do. We have completely different worlds. 
he works, you know, in an industry where he is, um, he deals with a lot of people one-on-one. He works with his hands. He's fixing things. He's, you know, he's outdoors, indoors. I'm in a corporate world in an office. And so he is just meek and mild and I'm mouthy and, you know, opinionated. Oh, not you. We're just, (laughs) I love you. We're just so completely opposite and our worlds are so completely different. So I find, and and ministry for me looks a lot different. It does. I'm very um, out there with people and praying and and ministering and, and working within the gifts of the spirit and you know and thank the lord that i'm a vessel that the lord is using that way and i'm so grateful and thankful the lord uses ray a little bit differently you know he's quiet he is he's more of the the guy's guy and he really relates to the older generation because he and i do have a lot of years between us and so just a, a i mean our worlds are different so Anyway, I find myself not telling him things. I find myself not wanting to talk to him because I he, he wouldn't have any idea what in the world I'm talking about. So I just don't tell him anything. And then I'll have something come up, like I'll be like, Oh well we have to be we have to be at such and such place at two o'clock. You never told me that. You you do you make plans and do things without telling me all the time. And I'm like this is true. <laughs> Just get dressed and show up. <laughs> you know, I'm doing all the work for you. All you have to do is get dressed and show up. And what I'm doing is I am excluding him from the relationship and the decisions. Yeah. And Just because I think, or if I'm having something tough going on, sometimes I find that he wants to fix the problem or he adopts the emotion I want to have the anger or the frustration he'll take that on and then I'm having to fight him on why he shouldn't be frustrated over my situation and I'm like I I I don't have any time for that I don't want to do that and then I feel like a turd because now I've got this attitude like I don't have time for that it's completely unfair (laughs) I'm excluding him from my life and that's not what I want to do. No. Well, he and I have been together 20 years. He's my husband. I love him. He's my best friend. I want to tell him about things, even when he doesn't understand what an Excel spreadsheet does. Well, and, I don't and, want to leave him out of my life. Right. And Holly, our, our relationship, how many times could you have put me in that, that same criteria, the shoes? She just doesn't understand. But do you know how I got to a place of understanding? You told me a bunch of stuff I didn't understand, and you kept doing it. Yeah. And you explained how you thought on it, and that expanded my thought processes. And now people come to me and ask me, what do you think about that? Because they're asking my opinion, because they don't understand. So to get from a place of under of not understanding to understanding, I've got to hear some different thought processes. Yeah. And if you withhold that from people, and as a vessel of God, you are called to do that, by the way, if you didn't know. Yes. Um, <laughs> then, then how is he ever going to think it just a little bit higher? Yeah. Well, and he just thinks differently. Not that yeah. he thinks, you know, not as high, but 
he he thinks differently about things and I and I don't want to stress him out I don't want to worry him I don't want him to feel like I'm piling things on because the reality is I ha I take on a lot of a lot of things there's a lot of things that go along with all the things that I'm doing and you know I don't want him to feel like um, I don't want to bog him down with it and I feel I mean, it's enough that I get bogged down sometimes. I don't want to... But we're supposed to bear each other's burdens. Right. That's, That's what we're called to do. So this is the this is the battle that yeah. I'm in right now. And, and I know the answer is to push past it and to include him so that he can walk with me. Yeah. My husband a lot does that to his mother. He takes on a lot and he doesn't include her on certain things because he wants to protect her and he doesn't want her to feel that heavy and those anxieties and I told him the other day I said honey I said you are meant to be your mother's son not her God mm. his job is to protect us and position us to expose us to things and to help us through things so we get stronger and if we withhold all of that weight and all of those burdens and all of those things from people, even though it's out of love, I mean, there's no growth in that. Yeah. There's no experience in that. And experience, it's not always fun and sunshine and rainbows if y'all haven't caught that just yet. <laughs> uh, I've, I, I've been living in a tulip, tulip world. Tulips and rainbows <laughs> and... No. I have not, and but I tell you what. Well, I live in a world where I'm a turd sometimes. <laughs> no, you're not. You're just the Terminator. I, I do. I, sometimes I feel like I do. But, you know, really, all jokes aside, I, I want there to be a stronger connection between him and I because what I don't want to happen is our last child to leave. And us to retire and us not to know each other. Right. Because our identities are so... Engrossed and... You know, associated with work, with children, with ministry, with all of these things we do that we don't know each other any longer because we've grown in different directions. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's one of the things that we've been doing which has been helpful as we go to bed at the same time. Now, I go to bed like a grandma at 8.30 and because I get up so early in the morning. And he doesn't like to go to bed that early. So he'll go and lay with me until I fall asleep, and then he'll get back up, which I appreciate so much. That's time spent. That's one-on-one time. Yeah. And then... Um, Go, go, him. I love that. Isn't that so sweet? That is precious. We we watch, uh, sometimes um, we'll watch something that the other person isn't really into watching just but, to give that, you know, so we try to do these little things that It's the little things that are together. the big things. I yeah. love that. That's so sweet. And I, um, so for, for a few years, um, Daniel was working at a place where... Um, he worked so many hours he was just he was never home like never home and when he did come home he was on the phone with work and then he was back out and it was just it there was a couple of years where it felt like I was I was a single mom um and and he wasn't involved in the church because he didn't have time and he he worked until seven o'clock on Wednesdays and he they 
he wasn't supposed to work on Sundays, but they would call him in and he'd go in. And, and so, um, there was a time where I was a single mom. I was going to church by myself, taking the kids, just, you know, doing all those things. And then, um, he switched jobs and, um, started making church a priority. Um, then he started his ministry this past year and his spiritual walk has, has changed. Um, and then amazingly, amazingly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and there are times when I haven't recognized it and other people would say something and I'd be like, Oh yeah, you're right. You know, he, he does act different and he is doing different things and he is putting himself out there. And cause we, as the, the wives don't always, well, as the spouse, as the, the whatever, it doesn't even just have to be a wife. You, you could be a husband who's listening um, and it's the same thing. We don't always recognize the changes being made because we're seeing the day in and day out and other people are seeing the big picture. Um, and so it takes sometimes somebody else pointing something out for you to go be like, oh, you're right. That is different than the way it was six months ago. Um, but we've, I, I remember in one of the other podcast um, episodes, Charlie, you said you can't, get upset with Ray because of his spiritual walk because it's different than yours um, and Daniel's is different than mine but there was a time where um, he would he would speak about all the time I spent at church well why can't we do stuff as a family oh it's because you're always at church um, and I was like well you know the church is what's held me together for the last two years yeah. when there wasn't anybody here at the house when you were working so much it was the church that kept me grounded, that kept me going. That gave me something to look forward to. Um, and so my spiritual walk is different than his spiritual walk. Um, and my commitments are sometimes different than his commitments. And I've, I've pushed um, for him to be involved in some of the stuff I'm involved in just because I'm like, I want you involved in the same things I'm involved in. You know, I, I go to Not Alone every time there's a Not Alone meeting. And I put a, a message out on band every Saturday when there's a Not Alone meeting. Sometimes I do it on my own. Most of the time he's like, have you put the message out yet? <laughs> yes, dear. I, I will get the message out. I promise. I will I will post. I won't make you post about it, about it all alone. Um, and so... I've been involved with his ministry. I'm trying to get him a little more involved in some of the stuff I do. Um, I know, you know, we have sisterhood, so it's just for girls. So that'd be really hard for him to be involved in. But um, he's starting the security ministry. And the security ministry and the hospitality ministry, which I'm over, are going to have to work hand in hand. It's going to have to be security and hospitality have to be not one group, but... It's they got to be a sisterhood, I guess you could say. They have to work hand in hand. So something I'm involved in and something he's involved in will have to have a lot of communication. Um, and so I, you know, I know that God is moving us into things where we are ministering together or ministering cohesively. Um, it's just getting to that point or to that part um, is has been it's been a long time coming. Um, we'll be married 10 years in November. Um, Congratulations. Thanks. Um, and so 
it's it's taken us 10 years to get here um but i'm looking forward to the next 10 years because we're we're moving into the same boat as you and ray you know um i've got another one leaving the nest this year i've got one who will be leaving the nest next year and then we've got a little bit of time before the girls are out but you know every time one leaves it's like okay well we're just that much closer to it just being us and i i understand um I understand what you're saying about wanting to make sure that once everybody is out of the house, I still know who he is and not just as a dad, but as my husband. Yeah. You know, um, I know he's a hard worker. I know he has some things that he loves to do and, and he likes to fill his time with those things. Um, but I want to know that when, when everything else falls away, I still know his character. Yeah. So, I have a um, I have a trip to Dallas soon for work, and we're going to be apart for a long period of time. So, you know, what's on my mind right now is, you know, how are we how are we going to spend some time together before then? Right. Well, there is none. <laughs> <laughs> so we just have to be creative about how we nurture and grow the relationship. I have to remember to be a learner and not a knower. Right. That I don't always have to be right. Yeah. And that he does get to know about things even if he doesn't understand exactly where I'm coming from. Right. Because you know, we talked about this in Sunday school today. He has made the comment before what is it exactly that you do all day? Because I'm in an office. And I got in trouble in Sunday school this morning by my husband. Um, he said the same thing. But like, what exactly do you do? Because he, he has no clue what, the, you know, professionally what it is that I do, really. Right. And um, But I've told him, I'm like, listen, I am not climbing on a roof to fix something. And I would not ask you to step into my office to do anything. <laughs> so right. we'll we'll keep it as it is, but I still want him to be a part right. of my world. Well, my husband will ask me every afternoon. He's like, so what'd you do? And I was like, I can make up a story. And I can tell. <laughs> but to be honest, I did the same thing you asked me what I did yesterday. Um, because I have a routine. And this is what I do. This is step by step how my day goes. I go in at 8, I turn my computer on, I check for orders, if there are any any new orders that have come in that need to go out that day, I, I put them in the system, I get all of our driver's routes set, I, I give them orders so when they come in at 9, I can be like, okay, Nathan, you're going here, Bradley, you're going there, Fish, you're going here. Yes, we have a guy named Fish, his last name is Fish, so, but, but his, but, so we call him Fish. Um, I think we can say that. We call him Fish. I didn't give a first name. Oh. <laughs> so, so, I didn't give his first name. But so we, we call him Fish. And so, um, that's the start of my day. That's That gets me to like 930. Um, and then I said, and then I go into this, um, this software. And we have a company that calls about CPAP supplies. And I go into that. And I have to check. I said, we normally have starting at... 50 orders that come in a day. I said, and they go upwards from there. And I have to check each one of them to make sure that the insurance is still active. And he said, well, how long does it take you to do that? I said, about 
two minutes per I patient. I love the fact that he's so interested in what oh. you're doing. Well, you're giving him too much credit. Because um, <laughs> he's like, well, that's what? Two hours? So that puts you to 1130. So what do you do with the other ones? You just sit at your desk? It's like, I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> mm. I was like, that's just one thing that I do. I said, then I have sales orders that I have to go through and projects that people give me. And then I'm constantly having chats and emails that are sent that I have to respond to. I said, so yeah, what should only take two hours sometimes? Well, if there's more than 50 or even if there's 50, sometimes it takes four hours because I get stopped in the middle about 15 times to do something else. Um, and I was like, I was like, it's, it's brain. I use yeah. my brain all day long. Mm -hmm. And I know, I'm not saying he doesn't. He works on tractors. But um, this morning you did kind of I say kind he doesn't. Say, mm, I said he I works sure on tractors. Oh, yeah, he was. She's, he was she said, yeah, but I have to use my I brain. I said I have to use my brain all day long. <laughs> Um, I didn't mean it that he doesn't use his brain. Uh, I, I just mean it. <laughs> I, just, I just mean when you are doing something that's kind of repetitive, you know, he goes in and he has to take a motor off. Well, once you've done it 15 times, you don't really have to use your brain to take it off anymore. You know which nuts and bolts to go in there. I know he has to use his brain because there are times when there was like, well, it took us a couple hours to figure out what was going on and we had to test this and we had to test that. And so you have to use your brain to know, okay, well, where do I need to go from here? I'm not saying he doesn't use his brain. He has a brain. <laughs> it's hey. just a different, it's a different work it's a different um, kind experience. of brain. It's a different work experience. I'm yeah. sitting at a computer, staring at a computer screen for nine hours out of a day. Um, and and he's staring at 14 different tractors trying to figure out what's going on with hey, them Ray tractors. comes home and he t I can't wait to hear about his day. See, and that's the thing. It's like mine's boring. And his it is, really is boring. His it's is the great. same thing every single day. So when he asked me, What'd you do today? I really wish I had a fun story to tell you, but it was just the same thing. Ray's got fun stories. <laughs> and then stories. he's like, "Yeah." And then he's, like, "Well, what did you do today?" Well, I was working on this tractor, and I was pretty much standing on my head because what part I had to get was way down in there. And I, so he said, "So I kind of have a headache because I realized I was standing on my head, and all the blood was running to my head all day long." And I'm like, "Oh, well, that's." I, I'm I'm a visual person. I'm imagining him standing on the on a tractor, like with his feet hanging out the top, and him on his head. I mean, that's I mean that's what I'm thinking. And so I mean, he comes home like like you said, like Ray does, with all kinds of fun stories because they do something different every day. Well, Ray's is more like drama. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, okay, picture this. Sicily, yeah. Not <laughs> Picture this. So he goes and he tells me about all of these different guys he works with. They all have these different characters. Oh gosh. And it is like baby mama drama. Stop. I mean, seriously, it is hilarious. <laughs> One of the guy talks about taking. Um, I'm not even going to go there. But anyway, he he talks about his his married life <laughs> and oh the things gosh. he has to do to keep that going oh my and lord then i'm not even kidding then he goes on to talk about an, another guy and how he has um he makes this weird noise and it's kind of like a quacking noise oh he's so he's it's 
his version of, of Sister Megan. <laughs> yeah, okay, but he can't help it. So... <laughs> I can't. <laughs> so he's working in not that great of a neighborhood this one time, and somebody fired a gun, and it scared the guy. So he started like quacking. It scared him, I guess, and he just he just makes this noise, and so he said um, he said that he just started like uncontrollably quacking his way into <laughs> an empty apartment, and so the whole time he's talking oh, about see. this, I'm just picturing this guy going. Rah, 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 like <laughs> all over the place. And then he talks about how. I hope it wasn't duck season. <laughs> I know. Then he talks about how one guy is um, telling everybody what to do, and he's not the boss. And another guy who's talking. I mean, it is. I'm telling you, when I say baby mama drama, it is hilarious. So as soon as he comes home from work, I'm like, okay, what happened today? Because I don't have that kind of. I mean, we have a tiny bit of drama sometimes, but for the most part, we really don't have any because I work virtually. And, um, but yeah, he has the best stories ever. <laughs> and it's so funny because, I mean, he's 57 years old coming and very quiet, timid, chill. And he comes home with these hilarious stories. Gosh. <laughs> I'm going to have to go to Sister Holly's house so I can... Let me know when Ray's coming out. I'm just cooking dinner, and it's like better than watching TV because I'm just cooking dinner, listening to his day. And he's like, "So how was your day?" And I'm like, "Well, I wrote a situational workshop for my team." <laughs> it's like a situation, okay. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's like okay, well, great that, job. That sounds fun. Yeah, great job. Good job. <laughs> Yeah, it was about as fun as watching grass grow. Mm. <laughs> no, I love watching you. I, actually, I, it is fun. I really I've do sat there it. and watched you. And I I'm like, just, like geeking out on to stuff. You. I'm like, um, we have this site, this thing called Udemy, and you can go, not you dummy. I was about to say you dummy. Udemy, U D E M Y, and so it is um, like we have licenses to go in, and we can take classes on anything. Mm -hmm. anything like there's thousands of different classes and some of them are micro learning some of them are long you know several hours that you can but um so it's really cool so we can go in there and learn all kinds of different stuff i've also enrolled in this um place called sophia learning which you can take college classes and get credits and be able to transfer them over and they're fully transfer transferable so anyway so there's a lot of opportunities to be able to learn and and um so we're a real learning the company that i work for is a real learning company and they really support growth and personal growth and things like that so i talk about that and ray literally turns into a zombie so i but i love geeking out on stuff like that i'm it that it's like buying office supplies that's what i want for my birthday it's office supplies you buy me a pack of highlighters and i'm like skipping them a loo so you and Sister Sarah. That's <laughs> yes. the thing that she always wants for her, like her special gifts and stuff is office, office supplies. supplies. The, yeah, the, when school starts and all the school supplies go on sale, I it's like Christmas to me. There's chili cooking in there. And he's got a cheesecake he's about to pull out of That's the That's what I'm interested <laughs> we'll Well, it's got, I think he's pulling it out probably. I just saw him put it in. 
it must not be done. Yeah. I'll have to put it in the freezer. We're talking about Aaron's husband, by the way. He uh, is the cheesecake master. Master craft. Wait, yeah. that's a tire. <laughs> that's your husband. <laughs> You're so weird. <laughs> oh my gosh. Me, me. <laughs> He, he makes lots of cheesecakes. So I, I think it's interesting that we started off talking about vessels of victory, but mm-hmm. we really started focusing on our marriages and keeping healthy marriages. I think that, and, and this is holiology, but I think that the Lord made us one unit because many times we are one vessel. And then we go and we do the Lord's work in different ways. It's yeah. neat how the, God works things out. Yeah, that's really neat. And nothing's more important than the other. I mean, from the person holding the mic that day, giving the word of God to the person who's just greeting someone and giving them that smile. I mean, it all all different dynamics of the church and ministries have have impacted my life. They've all blessed my life from the person who just kept up with my story and that that hard trial I was going through and just made the phone call, how are you doing, or checked on me to the person delivering the word that changed my whole world. You know, it's, it's all so, so important. Um, it, it's just all such an important work. And so whereas your husband does something for the Lord that looks a lot differently than you, and uh, it might even be just a simpler version in a different way. So I have a question. So there's a couple in our church who are seasoned saints. They have been in church many, many years. Well, she has been in church many, many years, and then he obviously, he hadn't. And so, and you guys know the couple. But anyway, they pray, they read the, the word, and they pray together every single night. Mm-hmm. Well, Ray and I have tried that before. It's so utterly awkward. And I don't know if you guys have ever done this uh-uh. before, but it's so weird. It's like, I, and, and I pray every day. I pray at church. I could pray in tongues. I can pray loudly. I can pray quietly. I love to pray. I love to converse with the Lord. But it's like when we start praying together or... Not necessarily reading the word together, but praying together, it becomes awkward. So awkward. Have really? you ever done this? Um, and maybe it's the enemy trying to keep us from moving in that direction together. But I've always thought it was so beautiful that they did that. But for some reason, it just makes me feel like I'm standing in front of a crowd with no clothes on or something. This might sound terrible, but I, I actually prefer to, to read my Bible alone. And complete quietness early in the morning before the house is woke up. And that's just a me thing. Yeah, I do the same thing. But I'm talking about to grow spiritually together in addition to that. Me, me and Ivy have started praying over each other. We don't necessarily pray at the same time. So I don't, I don't think I'm answering your question. But that's just what we've started doing. Like, you know, like one morning I just felt heavy. I'd already prayed and read. He got up and he just came and put his arms around me and just said a prayer. And there's been times I've done that to him. And it, at first I'm like, and then I love it and I just melt. But I don't think we've ever really tried to just both vocally pray at the same time. I don't think so. About you? No. And it's one of those I wouldn't, I, I don't know if reading the Bible um, itself would be. I mean, I'm not saying, I, I know it's the word of God and and that's amazing and and all that stuff 
I almost wonder if it wouldn't be best to try to start with like a like a devotional thing instead well, that's of a good idea. instead of trying to read the word and then you know because there are times when like when we have Bible study and we'll read a set of scriptures and we're like okay does anybody have that anything out of that and you have fifteen people and we're like nope <laughs> there wasn't anything profound that God gave me about that set of scriptures or whatever. Um, and so I wonder if maybe a devotional, that's something that you could read, read a scripture, read the devotional and what they say about that scripture and then t- discuss, you know, okay, well, what did you think about that devotional? Did you get the same thing or that kind of thing? Um, and I know that they make them for like married couples and things that would talk about, you know, stuff that, that couples go through, mm-hmm. um, that maybe that would, and it's something that. I, I think, as married couples, we need, um, yeah, uh, is to have that time, and we don't. I, I, I don't. I don't see a whole lot of married couples having that just quiet, inspirational time or word time, Bible time, God time together. We do a lot of it separate, but if we want to grow together the way we grow together is to grow closer to God and then God brings us closer to each other. Right. So, um, something I have started doing whenever I get like a revelation or a understanding, um, about something after reading the word, I include him in on it. I'll share it with him. And I've noticed he's piqued interest and he'll start asking questions. And so we connect on that. But uh, that's that's a good idea for our um, wedding. His mother bought us a, a devotional for the whole year as a newly wedded couple. So I need to sounds like I need to crack that back out. Start doing that because each day it'll have a devotional, a tidbit, and that that sounds really yeah. And it's yeah. funny because you walk in our house and if you look over to the left at this shelf with all these books and de- decorations, it sits there as a decoration, but it's not actually being used. Thanks. So well, have you ever done the love dare? You ever tried the love? I love that movie. I have have that book. I've just watched the movie. What's that called? Fireproof. Fireproof. Yeah, Yeah. I I have. I have that book somewhere around here, Um, and it's something that I, I, we need to do. Like that sounds amazing. I love that. Well, it's the thing is, is it's not made to be done as a, a couple thing. It's made to be done as an individual thing, and. Because it gives you like things to do mm-hmm. for your your spouse um, and that kind of thing, but I I really want to I I think I seriously want to look into some kind of even if it's like a workbook where we both have a workbook and we go through it and and put our thoughts down and then it gives us a Holly's a, over there Amazoning yeah, it right now as we speak. Hey, stop it! Stop! I know what she's what doing, doing, y'all. Us, she's would, ordering it right now. <laughs> I promise is. you, that's, that's what our, she's doing. She grabbed it in in her head. She's like, hmm, I got an idea. Yeah, I mean, because then you could <laughs> then the words and stuff that you put down, you could actually, um, you could share them because then you're sharing your thoughts and your your feelings. Because for me. It's easier for me to share my thoughts and feelings in the written form sometimes mm-hmm. than it is to speak it out. Um, it's and so maybe that would be something to do when Sister Holly finds one. She'll have to let me know so that I can 
I need one too. <laughs> they actually have Love Dare for parents also. Ooh. Okay. Lord help I us with I these kids. I, I may need that one. <laughs> they have, yeah, they, there's all kinds of stuff on here. She's geeking out, y'all. She on is. Amazon. Kind of, she is. She's geeking out on Amazon. Bless her. I love her. <laughs> oh, okay. Nike. Well, um, we are getting towards the end of this episode. Um, I'm gonna to go back to the very beginning of the episode and tell you guys again. Don't forget, October is Pastor Appreciation Month. Um, make sure that you you do something special for your pastor and let them know how much they are loved um we started off this episode thinking it was going to be vessels of victory and it ended up um really just kind of being talking about what we need to do in our relationships to to make our relationships stronger and um how to maybe speak to our spouses a little different and and realize that we're one together but we are two different people doing two different things and that we need to to speak to that um and ask hey how was your day what's going on with you what do you need is there something you need from me that i'm not giving you and then be looking for the changes that come as they grow closer to us and they grow closer to god so, well, just to take it a step further, not just asking how their day went, but being willing to share your own. Right. Even if it's mm-hmm. boring and it's the same thing every single day, try to find something in that day that that's different, that's kind of something cool. And if not, do what I do with my husband. I did the same thing today that I did yesterday. <laughs> It's pretty much all the same. It had nothing changed, but I will let you know if it does. <laughs> and Sister uh, Holly is over here. She's placed her her order for the Love Dare book. It'll be here in sometime in well, sometime this week. <laughs> so we love you guys. Y'all have a great week. Be blessed. Kick it, don't quit it. Bye.